Hey there, welcome to the We Miss Marty podcast. I'm Chris, as always, got Laura with me. Laura, how are you doing? Good, how are you? I'm having issues with my audio on my computer, which is a little frustrating, but other than that, I'm good. Thank God for cell phones. <laughs> if I could just type on a cell phone, I wouldn't even need a laptop, but I probably can't. Uh-huh. I probably can't do all the work stuff I have to do on a cell phone, but hey, and they're too small. I used to have this great cell phone that the top flipped up, and it was like a keyboard, you know. And I would, I could, I could text like probably thirty word, thirty words, thirty, what is it, thirty words a minute or whatever. Well, my fingers are way too big. That, that's my problem. And unless you got one of those old people phones that are like humongous, I, I'm I'm done. <laughs> There's not much I can do. Which I'm almost an old person anyway, so maybe I, I, I should get one soon. But hey, uh, we're talking today obviously about Frasier. We're in the midst of season two. Laura, back in the day <laughs> where TV seasons were 25, 30 episodes. Like right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, it's strange when you look at it, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're. I think this is like episode fourteen, maybe thirteen. Thirteen, which yeah. you know, I was watching something recently on Netflix, and it was like Netflix only does like eight or ten episodes per season and stuff. So yeah, different time. But hey, more Frasier and Droids. So I won't complain about that. So today we're talking about retirement's murder, and you know, um. Marty has been out of the police force. I, I think they said about 20 years. So it's been a while. But, you know, you get cases and, you know, obviously it's emotional. You know, people die and, you know, families are upset. And, mm-hmm. you know, you're supposed to put work away once you leave. But on cases like that, it never goes away. I, I'm wondering, we're not police people, but as journalists, we've you know, talked to police people over the years. I'm wondering if a lot of police people go through what Marty went through. Where, Yeah, I think they do, actually. I remember this um, from when I worked my previous job up in Willoughby. Mm-hmm. That um, there were one of our, one of the guys we used to work with, um, Dave, his name was David Glazier. He used to... Uh, do a lot of stories that um, dealt with like long ago crime and unsolved crime and stuff. And there were a couple of cases that were, you know, probably they're still unsolved now. So you figure that was 10 years. I've been gone from there eight years. Um, So they've probably been unsolved at least like 30 years, you know? Um, And like some of your top, police officers haven't been able to solve these crimes. So, you know, it's kind of, I think it's a, I think it's a thing for every cop. There's something for every cop that, you know, they, you know, that they wish, you know, they always like, it's always, they promise the family and all that stuff. And so. Well, in, I think I've told the story maybe on a, a version of the podcast where you and I were talking, I remember, like, I, I covered a case of just people who died in the fire. It was a real sad story. And I remember, like, I left journalism for a while. And I remember, like, five years into my um, public relations marketing part of my career, I um, got a call. And it was from that family. And they heard something new they wanted to tell me about. And 
that is before the days of podcasts and all little blogs and news sites. So it's pretty much yeah. like, uh, I'm out of the business, but you know, yeah. call the paper. I, I guess now if that happened, maybe we could do a story on something, but yeah, it, it's a very interesting uh, thing that happens. And, you know, Marty's not a monster. Marty gets upset and, you know, he wants to solve that case. And, um, you know, I, I can identify. I mean, the lady, I guess it was a daughter that died, and the mom was in the nursing home. They weren't sure how long she was going to last. And, you know, hey, you know, you want to help solve that case. Um, it was interesting, too. And, again, we're not police people. I wonder how many times you get to bring pictures with you of the case. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's true, too. Um, I mean, maybe it was a copy of the murder book, you know. Yeah. Um, it, I mean, my guess is, uh, you know, I don't think I, I'm, you, in the, in, you know, you learn a lot of stuff. Um, <laughs> nowadays, you learn a lot of stuff from like Law and Order and all those shows and oh, everything yeah. that's on TV. But, you know, the one crime that is basically like only that I know of, one crime that no matter when you solve it, you could still charge the person and that's homicide. Right. And uh, so, you know, that case is really not ever closed, but I mean, there probably is no, there probably other than Marty was probably nobody actively working on the case, you know? Right. So, I mean, they probably didn't care, you know, even if he did, he probably didn't take the only copy of the book, but uh, you know, he, it's just, I mean, it gets under your skin, you know? I mean, were there ever stories that, you know, that you never forgot about? I mean, there's a couple oh, yeah. of them from when I worked in Willoughby that, you know, you never, I never forgot about, you know, when I, when I was there, um, I don't know if you remember, like, I don't know if you remember the big blackout. It was in that August blackout. If it, like, yeah, yeah. It's probably, it's probably 15, at least 15 years ago now. Mm-hmm. Where, like the entire East Coast lost power. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The night before that, the night before that, Kate, that situation, there was a kid at the Lake County Fair who went to the Lake County Fair with his dad, and he got shocked by a ride, and oh, wow. basically he was put, he was left a vegetable. Um, he was put into, uh, he was in a coma in the hospital and he died probably, I think it was three weeks later. And that story always bothered me because it never really got, I mean, it's an eight year old boy who never, uh, never, he never had a chance, you know, and he didn't do anything wrong. You know, he was just waiting in line to ride the um, bumper cars. And that case always bothered, the situation always bothered me that we never really looked into it or anything. And, so in the on the anniversary of it, we I I worked with the same guy that we just talked about, David Glazier, and he he spent about a month working on it, you know, as to what happened and what the outcome of it was. And you know, everybody's got everybody has those stories, I mean, in journalism. I mean, and they're related to police stuff, you know, because I mean, this little boy got shocked at the fair, but, you know, people went to jail because of it, because of problems that happened at the fairgrounds. Yeah. That could have not happened very easily, you know. (laughs) And, you know, there's everybody has those stories, just like 
um, you know, just like police do, you know? Oh so. yeah. Throughout my career. And it's different too. And I, I don't know how you've handled it because I think once we really got into Facebook, I mean, we got into positions where we weren't doing stories all the time. Like we may deal with readers, but, uh, but I know like I serve as a, small town editor where I didn't really have to write, but, you know, there wasn't as many layers as there would be a bigger paper. So, you know, I got to, I ran to people and just to keep them as sources, I have them as Facebook friends and you see what they're doing. You're seeing, you see what they're up to. And it kind of, kind of weird to say this, but they almost become part of your connections. You know what I mean? And you're all connected in different ways, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's very strange. This episode, and again, I, Interesting story about Marty trying to solve a murder. This was weird. You know, our other podcast, we talked about Seinfeld, where we're getting to season three, and it's, start, it's starting to get crazy. There's like about three or four storylines. This is just pretty much a storyline. There really wasn't yeah. that much going on. And I don't know, maybe that left me unsettled. You know, I mean, I, I thought the Marty thing was interesting. We'll talk in a minute about how it got resolved, but I, I just felt wanting more overall. I, yeah. Uh, there wasn't, I mean, even at this, even really the stuff at the station wasn't even that good. You know, I laughed because, you know, we've all, I mean, I hate to relate everything to our jobs that right. we do, but, you know, there, you know, we've all taken phone calls from people who wanted like a certain niche sport. Cover. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And, and yes, it was funny when Bulldog made fun of um, of Miles. Not he called him Miles yes. instead of Niles, and said it really didn't matter what his name was. Basically, um, we've all taken those calls and laughed because who who cares about Ivy League squash? Right. Yeah. Right. But uh, I mean, you know, the stuff with stuff with there was really hardly hardly any stuff with Roz and there was not yeah. much with Daphne and, you know, they went to the game, you know, they decided uh, the boys decided to try to get him to think about something else. Cause it appeared from the story that he, that Marty uh, was in um, like, he would go into spells where he cared about the case more than others, you know, like it would just come front of mind and then go back of mind. And, um, you know, they decided to try to, you know, get his mind off of it and decided <laughs> they decided to take him to a basketball game because Frazier could get tickets. Yeah. You know, free tickets. And, you know, I'm sorry. The one hysterical moment in this whole show is that uh, when Frazier decided he wanted peanuts and they were throwing the peanuts at, at, Niles and he thought they were like attacking him. Yes. Game. You know, I thought that was hilarious, but you know, the rest of it is kind of, it is like a one, you know, you always say one trick pony. It's a one, one story show, you know? Um, There was one moment that really stuck out for me Mm -hmm. also um, relating to Frazier and Niles. The, it was, it was really interesting to see, um, them watch Marty when he realized that this case was solved and how they were looking at him with such pride, you know? Yeah. 
I think I think we've seen in these episodes before that the boys probably have a little bit of a problem with what he does for did for a living, you know. Mm. I think they were I think at best it made him uneasy, you know. I don't think they liked the fact that he had a gun and all that stuff and um but to see them you know saying like look at him he's like so excited and you know and it it was impressive to see you know um you're somebody who was able to see their dad work in yeah. a work setting a lot i okay. was not you know like these days when i think of my dad um I mean, this is not what really what I think about, but I always think to myself how much my dad would have loved his grandchildren. Oh yeah. He never met them. Mm -hmm. And um because I always remember my dad when there were moments where, you know, he would um he would be around little kids, you know, they're not little anymore. They're, you know, the oldest is gonna be twenty-four this year. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. And um, he was always like, he loved little kids, you know, my dad, he would always play with them and, you know, like goof around and, you know, and it was, it was fun for me to see that kind of thing, you know? I mean, my dad was really good. He was very handy and did all kinds of stuff really well and that kind of stuff. So, but, you know, seeing, being impressed by him in the work setting was something I never got to see. I mean, you, you got to see it probably every week, right. Or at least, or maybe even more than once a week. Yeah. Um, and you know, in case people don't know, my dad was a pastor and, you know, going to his church, you know, I, you do more than just preaching, but that's kind of like your main showcase, I guess, of your job. So yeah, we heard him do that. And it was funny, Laura. Um, the church was small, smaller, I guess. So he got to work from home, like during his office hours. So you heard him talk to people. You know, sometimes people would come over later at night if they're having an issue, and my dad would help them through it. So yeah, it was funny because like we're you know in our jobs, you know, maybe our our parents buy a paper or they read a story that we wrote or designed or whatever. But yeah, it, it made it very different. Um, and, you know, it was funny. Um, I, I've listened to some of my dad's tapes, you know, from his... Yeah, that's how old he was. Um, and, you know, I got to be honest, like, it was great because he's been gone for ooh, probably about five, six years now. It's been good to hear his voice again. Um, the sermons weren't always great, to be honest, but it was good hearing him and good having that experience. And, you know, we were proud of him. And, you know, he definitely was proud of what we did, too, which was good. So, um, wanted to ask you something else. Um, what else was going in the episode that kind of made me wonder? Um, I was listening to something about like if you if you finally beat your dad in something like basketball <laughs> or chess or whatever. Yeah, I I thought it was strange. Like I had a moment with my mom where. Um, I was working from home. I was up in my mom's house a couple of years ago. She was always very curious about what I was doing. Like, how could you do this? Like, I was working on a Cincinnati paper. Yeah, that's back when I was checking the print pages. And she's like, how could you be in Louisville, hours away from Cincinnati and do that? And I was trying yeah. to show her and explain it to her. 
she had a really proud moment because I was just saying, look, I'm looking at these um, PDFs, making sure there's no mistakes. And she found a pretty big misspelling in an ad. And, you know, it, I, I kind of felt like this episode because I was getting all these praises from the ad department. They're able to fix it in time for the paper. I'm like, no, that's my mom. And my mom's yeah. like, oh, thank you. And stuff like that. <laughs> I wonder how embarrassing that is because it, it connected with my mom. So I really didn't have a problem with it. But I kind of wonder if, you know, probably another moment I'd be like, oh my gosh, I stink. You know, this is my profession. And my old elderly mother's catching stuff I don't. I, I, I wonder how it was. And, you know, I wonder if there's ever been a police case where, you know, the family solves a murder. Because it's one thing to catch a typo in an ad, it's another thing to, for a son to solve a murder. I mean, that's kind of a big deal. Yeah. But the best part of the, the best part of the solving of the murder is that that he didn't even really solve it, you know. It yeah. the answer to the what was the um what the outcome was was not what Fraser thought it was, you know. So he I mean, again, makes a fool of himself, you know. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, he just sort of it 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 almost turned out like, you know, he sort of you know, moved him a little closer to it, and Marty did the right. figuring himself. So, yeah, it. when Fraser <laughs> said it was a monkey that you know, yeah made yeah. the death, yeah, it, it got bad. <laughs> so, in a way, Marty was very nice because Marty was like, "Hey, you know, police guys, you know, credit Fraser." And you know, Marty didn't know that Fraser was thinking it was a monkey that killed him. So, you know, Marty deflected the attention to Fraser and. Fraser just should just say, oh, thanks. And then instead yeah. he gave his opinion, which made it worse. So, yeah. Yeah. Very good. So, I don't know. Again, I thought it was a good episode. I don't know. Maybe, and you know, I've seen it before, so I knew what I was getting myself into. It just didn't seem to have a lot going on. I mean, uh, no. yeah, it brought back memories. It seems like all these shows, since we're about the age of Fraser and uh, Niles, it's kind of bring back memories in our own lives. But, it just wasn't my favorite, just because there wasn't as much meat to it. Seemed like, I mean, no Roz, very little Niles. Just you know, right? Niles, a little bit more. Niles really didn't do anything, you right? Know? I mean, you could seem weird. You see know? him, yeah. You could see him, but yeah, there, there wasn't as much Niles. And yeah, you know, I like Fraser. I definitely like Marty's characters. I just you know, I need a little uh, Niles and you know Roz too. I mean, come on. You know, there was one thing else in this episode that made me um, really, it really clicked with me and it, it was so silly, but it, it was so, it was so awesome that um, when they came back from dinner and they were so excited about the dinner and they said, oh, and then this was wrong. And they were both like, oh, at least there was one thing that we could hang our, you know, that we could complain about. And then, you know, they told, Daphne said, how was dinner? And he said, oh, it was fine, except for one thing. And she's like, oh, your favorite kind of dinner. Yes. <laughs> that's me. There's always, you always want to have something to complain about. <laughs> yes. Yes. You know, you yeah. can't always... You can't always say that everything is great because it's really boring when you do. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, any any other thoughts on Fraser? Not or, this. Or, I mean, there really like as like we were both saying. There's really not much. There really wasn't much here. You know. It's, yeah. 
I mean, once in a while you get to see Marty as a cop and you got to see him in this episode as a cop. So, uh, next week, um, I, I'm not, I, I'm reading the description. Um, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice. I don't remember a ton about this episode. Do you? What's the, what is it called? Fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice. You know, I rolled into it every single time that I watched it. So you would think that I would know. <laughs> From the description, you know, it talks about his briefcase being stolen. Oh, yeah. Um, it's the one It's the one where Nathan Lane is in it. Oh, okay. He has his, he finds his briefcase and like basically lives his life. Um, okay. Frazier's life and you know he get Frazier gets a call at work um because you know this woman spent the night with him and you know the guy just if Nathan Lane just pretends to be Frazier he has his wallet oh. he has his car oh wow okay um, it's it's, fu it's funny I remember Nathan Lane being on Frazier that doesn't shock me I'm sure if I see episode I'm like oh I remember it. it's just one of those episodes that doesn't immediately click on my brain so yeah you'll know oh. it when you see it okay well i'm looking forward to it well that's good because the retirement's murder i'm like uh i've seen this about 50 times and you know yeah. let's see it again so we can talk about it but i wasn't excited as excited about retirement murder so hey i'm looking forward to fool me once shame on you fool me twice um i will try to remember to put the link in the description uh we always talk about hey is there anything new on a reboot or is there any fraser sightings around I guess Fraser was on TMZ talking about the gas crisis. Okay. Apparently, he was getting gas at California Station. I don't know what he said, um, considering <laughs> a picture of where he, he spent a weekend. I can imagine what he said, but I haven't heard that yet. So check out. It's on TMZ. I'll try to include that in the um, the show notes. So, um, yeah, so old, old Kelsey Grammer. Yeah, six bucks gas in California. I, I didn't see the video, but like the what do you call it? The preview image had Kelsey with a six R, you know, sign in the background. So very interesting. Um, I want to do a, a couple promos for later, and the reason why is there's an old friend that I'm going to talk to tonight of uh, me and Laura's that I love to share with her. So um, tonight. Uh, we got some interesting ones. Our Etcetera show, it's kind of a goofy show where uh, me and Paul and Joe talk about goofy things that happen around uh, the world. Uh, we're, we're actually talking to Toby, um, who is a principal. He's been in the news. We talked about him last week. Uh, he got fired for reading I Need a New Butt. Uh, he's going to come on to talk about his experiences. Um, have you, do you know what I Need a New Butt is about? I didn't. I had to look it up. I do not know. Uh, apparently, it's a little boy who looks at his back, you know, backside around the butt area, and says, "There's a like a crack." I mean, he's not talking oh. about like a hole. It just there's a crack, so something's wrong. I need a new butt and everything. Well, apparently, again, it's a second grade book, yeah. but you know, he mentioned fart and. Um, well, there's a butt reference. Maybe a reference to poop, and yeah. it offended parents. So we're in a different era. Uh, all the respect to world of teachers, I don't think I could do it. He got fired for it, so Jeez. he's going to explain his side. Well, I hate to say side of the story, but did he ever um, read? Everybody has to poop. I well, I'm going to ask him. I haven't asked him. Did yet. Everybody poops. 
Mm-hmm. We've been emailing back and forth, and I thought it'd be great if maybe we could end the interview by him reading I Need a New Bite. I'm not sure if he has a book at home or not, but I thought that'd be, you know, kind of like a, nothing like having an interview with a reading at the end. <laughs> so we'll see if he'll be one to do that. Mm-hmm. Also, the Pittsburgh Steelers neurosurgeon is going to come on one of our Steelers shows. Mm-hmm. Um, he got award. He did, he did some studying the CTE, which is, you know, something really critical for football players right now. And if you remember, um, the Steelers didn't start CTE, but one of the first major cases that kind of brought all of our attention to it was Mike Webster, who had CTE shortly before he died. Uh, it was sad, Laura. It was the first Hall of Fame festival I ever covered, and I was excited to see Mike Webster. And uh, man, my heart went out for him. I mean, you know, yeah, he had a rough, he had oh, a rough end. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it was a bad weekend for him. It was great seeing him because I remember seeing him play and he was a hero of mine. It, it was just tough what he was going through. Um, but, you know, there's a neurosurgeon that has done a study to hopefully make things a little bit better. He's going to come on to talk about it. Um, that's a bonus Steelers show. But on our main Steelers show, uh, Mitch Trubisky is going to be the Steelers' new uh, quarterback. Um, Laura, Mitch is from our old stomping grounds. Yeah. So, Mentory. I, I never covered Mitch. That was after I left the News Herald. But we have a guy that oversaw the coverage, Mark Podolsky. I haven't oh, no to, way. Yes, I haven't <laughs> talked to Mark for a while. I, 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 think, I think it took me saying, Mark is a national podcast. And Mark, his ears tuned up and got excited. Mm-hmm. I, I hopefully pay him a, a favor. Uh, Jeff Shudell is now covering the – Indians, Browns, and Guardians, which... Yes, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ask Mark offline what he thinks about that. He'll hopefully hear his frustration about that. But um, but I said, no, Mark. I don't know Jeff that well, but I know you. I want to reconnect with you. And Mark got excited. So we'll be catching up. I don't know much about Mitch Trubisky, but Mark's going to give me his impressions. And maybe there should be some stories. Maybe, I don't Mark- know if you got to interact with Mitch in high school or not. We'll see. Um, but, um, when I was in, when we first got video mm-hmm. at, in the, at the news Herald in Willoughby, um, I went with one of our reporters to Canton to the, to what then was Fawcett stadium yeah. to shoot video of, um, of the, uh, the Cardinals, well, nice. Cardinals. Oh yeah. Um, when they played in the state championship game. Okay. Um, when Trubisky was on the team, so um, he comes from the one thing. The only thing I really know about him is that he comes from a very nice family. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, and I noticed too. I got I got one of our accurators upset today because we're looking for stories. Um, everyone's on the Baker Mayfield watch, and again, if you listen to this a week from now and it's resolved, we're, we're taping this when the Browns don't know if they're going to keep Baker or not, and they don't know if they're going to get the Sean Watch or not. So at work, we were on the Baker Mayfield watch all day. I was trying to tell one of our assistant editors who cares about Baker Mayfield. Because Mitch Trubisky was in Chagrin Falls. He had some pictures of him and his wife. They were celebrating his new contract. And unfortunately, it didn't go, go over too well with the acting people. So, oh well. <laughs> all right. Yeah. So, check all that stuff out. Laura and I are going to tape, hopefully, with Craig, uh, our next installment in Seinfeld in a few minutes. That'll also be out later this week. All right. Well, Laura, as always, thanks. Uh, we appreciate it. 
uh, We Miss Morning Podcast. We're going to get back there in a few minutes and talk about some Seinfeld. Have a great day, everybody. Hi, I'm Jennifer Mooney. Welcome to what is our new Hope Interrupted podcast based on the work from our book, Hope Interrupted, that I co-authored with my good friend, Byron McCauley. Hey, Jennifer, you know, I'm looking forward to this podcast as much as I was look, looking forward to writing this book with you. We hope to interview some uh, high impact folks as well as have a little fun. We're going to cover stories of hope. To learn more about our podcast and our book, please visit www.hopeinterrupted.com.